Welcome to the talk shop. It's Bernie and Chimdi. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the talk shop. I'm Bernie. I'm Chimdi. Chimdi, my man, how are Welcome. you doing? I'm good, man. Chilling, chilling. Saturday, busy Saturday. But a uh, good, fulfilling Saturday. How about you? Good. Good, yeah. Um, just been prepping to host um, a f- couple friends for the game that I only watch once a year. And by that, I don't even mean the Super Bowl, which is once a year. I just watch football once a year which, uh, on the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even have plans to watch it. That's, that's how, how nonchalant I am. On, after, after college, I was, I'm like, mm. I mean, unless I have a group, bunch of people that want to watch it. You know, like your situation, I'm not, I'm not too invested in it. You know, I mean, I might watch it, but I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be working some at some point tomorrow, so it's yeah. not going to be on my mind. But we'll see, we'll see. Crazy. But before we go any further, I want to introduce uh, a friend of ours, Ayobami Ayodeji, my man. Ayo, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good, 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 good. It's, uh, it's. It's been a wild last couple of weeks, uh, but exciting, you know, exciting stuff happening. Nice, nice, nice. Welcome, Ayo. Um, I know me and you haven't spoken in a long time, but I see, yeah. you, I see you on on, on, on since the wedding. No bachelor party, wedding. Oh, yeah, the wedding. Yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, yeah. But have I come to Toronto after the wedding? I don't think so. I want to say I haven't. Shit. Hmm. Damn. <laughs> well, life has passed, so and you know, kids COVID. and all that kind of stuff. So and COVID. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely makes sense. So but yeah, uh it's good to it's good to hear from you. Good to to have you on the pod. Welcome. But yeah, we were before we started record, recording, we were, we were talking about, you know, life and everything and you know, we started getting down an interesting alley. So we said let's let's begin to record. So yeah, you were just saying, you know, life has been well, the last yeah. few weeks, but um, yeah, but, but good. But yeah, let's uh, let us let us know what's what's been going on with you. Yeah, it's it's been wild, man. Um, so basically, I I work at Microsoft, and um, I was actually working from home, like everyone else, basically from Toronto. Um, but I guess um, it's time to get a little bit closer to the office. <laughs> so um, over the last couple of months, I've been going through the process of like moving my whole life from toronto to seattle so mm. yeah that has been interesting nice nice well and- that's that's not a that's not a small move at all that's <laughs> east to west coast that's a different <laughs> yeah. country that's, that's that's a lot but it's a good move i mean it can only be good you know you know um relocating you know for work it just means they value you and you know you're yep you're a, a huge participant in, in what's going on, and that's only a good thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, you know, it's funny because uh, when I applied for the job, I didn't even know that staying in Toronto was an option, <laughs> right? So it was almost like I had a whole year extra to like chill, you know, and like I guess prepare my mind for that move, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously I've, I've been in Canada for like you know fifteen years or something. And uh, I've been in the Toronto area for like more than half of that time. So like, how long? Maybe like eight years or something. 
So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just basically picking all that stuff up and moving all the way to the West Coast. It's been interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, definitely interesting. So, so I mean, essentially, it's 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 not new, but it's less, you've been less than two years at Microsoft is what I'm getting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been there less than two years. Yep. Cool, cool. But I mean, either either way, again, like you said, it's exciting and you know, good opportunity. And you know, you know, again, you you. I'm guessing you applied thinking you would probably have to move earlier, right? Yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so obviously having that having that extra year has been a blessing. So, um, for for people's context, IO is like we said, is a is a Microsoft, um, and he but he wasn't always in tech. My man was an industrial engineer, um, and he used to work at Chrysler, right? I think it was. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I started out at Chrysler after school. And this guy Building was cars. the guy. In, he was a guy in nice. the plant who would fire, like, recommend who needs to be fired for. <laughs> <laughs> like, <literally> for efficiencies. <laughs> well, okay, not exactly who gets fired, but, like, whose job gets eliminated. So, pretty much the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, obviously, they get move, moved over to, like, a different part of the, the plant. But, yeah, my job literally was to improve efficiency by eliminating people's jobs. <laughs> that, <was my> <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> that sounds horrible, okay. but 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 good also, you know, powerful position. Honestly, like honestly, yeah. So honestly, I feel like so that was basically my first job after like undergrad, and I feel like I learned so much from that job in terms of like how to deal with people, like when it comes mm. to like people's skills and like you know, like dealing with different kinds of people, that was mm-hmm. like a battleground because you need to figure out how to co- like get them to cooperate with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they know your job is to eliminate jobs, right? So you have to mm-hmm. come up with ways to like understand their perspective and figure out how to convince them to work with you so that you can eliminate the job, <laughs> which is very wait, interesting. Wait, wait, so, so, so this, uh, just, just to, to give, I guess this highlights what kind of person we're, we're talking to in terms of intellect. So wait, out, right out of college, they hired you to fire people? Really? <laughs> yeah, so, so basically, so, 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 so think about this, right? So you have a, a production line. I don't know if any, uh, you know, your listeners know how cars are built, but basically yeah, yeah. you have a very long production line. You have the cars, like, the chassis of the car basically hanging on the production line and the car mm-hmm. basically moves all the way around the plant, right? So on the mm-hmm. left and right side of the car, as it moves around the plant, you have people who are like building the car, like they're putting stuff into the car and stuff, right? So mm-hmm. my job basically was to understand, okay, so who's busy, who's not busy? And by busy, it means like, you know, they, they have like, I think 60 seconds to finish whatever they're trying to do. So if they're only spending like 70 seconds out of like, you know, sorry, if they're only spending like, 40 seconds out of 60 it means that okay well i can take this person's job break it apart give it to a whole bunch of other people make them more busy and eliminate the job so yeah that was basically my job (laughs) wait so your job was to take the longer taking jobs and give to the people that didn't have too much to do or to eliminate people that didn't have too much okay well yeah basically a mix you need to understand but obviously like this you know a little bit of engineering there need to make sure yeah. that you know they're being built in the right order and quality and all that stuff make the job more efficient um reduce waste you know all that lean stuff <laughs> so, 
So, I mean, I mean that's interesting. I'm, I'm sure we could have a whole pod discussing manufacturing and line process and stuff like that. But just really quickly, right? Because I'm actually interested in this kind of shit. Um, how do you then determine exactly what the waste part of this is? Because, like, right. everything was there. To, for a reason to begin with, right? And then are yeah. you just looking at it based on the time it takes for someone to do the job? And then just as a side, a follow-up to that, how long, how often were you doing this, like eliminating sections of the line, essentially? How often okay. was this happening? So basically, like when it comes to lean, right? Like the whole premise mm-hmm. of lean is you're trying to eliminate waste. Um, so mm-hmm. for us, um, we're actually able to time you know, using the stopwatch or actually like some um, calculations to figure out exactly what portion of the person's job is actually waste. So waste, an example of waste is walking, right? Excess walking. So if, for example, they have to walk back to um, get materials twice within a cycle, that that's waste, right? You probably want them to walk from one car to the next car as opposed to walking back to the station. So one way we do that is, for example, um, put um, kits, on the actual production line. So the part actually comes to them with the car, right? So they don't have to walk back to pick up parts, right? Another one is maybe like to give them some kind of power tool so that um, they can screw in, um, you know, put in the screws faster or something, right? So if they're spending too much time Mm -hmm. walking or um, spending too much time, um, you know, climbing into the car or like any kind of body motion that isn't actually putting something onto the car, that's a waste. And in terms of how, yeah, so in terms of, of how often, um, the thing is, um, I was actually, we were also launching the new, um, uh, so at this time it was the 2015 Dodge Chargers, Challengers, Challengers and 300. Um, and at the time, actually, those cars were, um, the Dodge Charger was actually the fastest production sedan ever made at the time. So that was kind of interesting. So with a new model of a car, usually that means new features. And with new features, it means new parts. Right. Mm -hmm. So my job was actually more, it wasn't as much eliminating jobs, but basically adding more work without having to add so many new people to install these new features. Right. Got it. Yeah. So like one person's job in a regular chain was this, but you think they have at least 30, 40 more seconds of ability to do something else. So you put something else on their plate. On their line. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a bit of eliminating too, but um, it was more because uh, yeah we were launching, so yeah that was more the goal. You want more hands on cool. I mean, when you're launching, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you were exactly. you you were you were there for how long? Essentially. So I was at Chrysler. I was at Chrysler for two years, and then you know basically you know I had a section of the of the plant, and I was responsible mm. for you know making sure that production line was efficient and all that stuff. Then I was like, well, this is fun, but like, what if I could do something that has more impact in the plant, like a, a higher level? Um, mm-hmm. So after two years, I moved on to Magna, where I worked for, what's it, three years or so. Um, basically, instead of building cars, I was building car parts. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So that, that, was, that was kind of interesting. Um, it was when I was at, at Magna that I basically decided to get my PMP certification. And then after I got my PMP certification, I was like, okay, what do I really want to do in my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where the whole thing um, changed. So well, uh, for people that don't know, what is PMP certification? 
So that's a project management professional. Uh, oh, okay. So, so, okay. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I got yes. it. I got so, it. So, so I mean, because that's, that's pretty much what you're doing. I mean, to some extent, managing processes, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm thinking in some way, shape or form kind of prepared um, you for, for, for yes, that. Yes, it kind definitely of prepared. Yeah, it definitely prepared me. It definitely prepared me. Um, yeah, process engineering is quite different from project management, but it was mm -hmm. a very good introduction, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you need to understand processes. You need to get people to do stuff. And I think mm -hmm. that was the biggest skill that I got from Chrysler, learning how mm -hmm. to really get people to do stuff that they really don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's so, a serious uh, skill Microsoft. in life. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So at, at Microsoft, you are in project management more so than anything yeah. directly tech. Like you're not coding, you're not doing anything of that stuff. You're actually more important than management. Sort wow. of. Right. So, um, sort of, yeah. So definitely my main job is project management. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a program manager. So I have like different programs that I run, but um, mm. it's actually a technical role. So it's a technical, mm -hmm. it's, it's actually more um, pro product management um and it's, it's technical so what that means is i don't build software but i sort of do mm -hmm. <laughs> my job mm -hmm. a big part of my job is actually developing training materials for cloud solutions architects and sometimes part of the training materials involve like building actually building software and using them as a template to train them i see i see oh, well, interesting man uh, just, uh, again uh, I'll be honest. I, I think in my personally, I don't know if I, I think I may, may have mentioned it to Bernie before, but I've said it before. I personally do not think I'm where I want to be in terms of my long term career. I like what I do, but I think there's something else out there for me. And I'm always curious to hear what other people are doing. So to me, listening to this and, you know, trying to understand exactly how it works and what it would entail. You know, I'm just, I'm still pretty much open to changing my career at some point. Um, I don't know if that will ever happen, but I'm, I'm very much on that wavelength of, okay, at some point, maybe I'll find something else that will be more fulfilling for me. You know, I don't think I'm yeah. where I'm supposed to be yet. And it may just be the level I am, which is <clears throat> pretty good, but I mean, I don't know if it's definitely not where I want to stop, but, um, I also don't know if I want to be in financial services in, in this capacity anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, but I mean, for now, I'm happy. But you know, I'm again, I'm constantly thinking and curious about what else is out there. I think what's so. interesting is that um, I remember when Io and I had this conversation about mm -hmm. like, you know, asking like I remember we were in my ba parents' basement and uh, where we used to hang out a lot and get into a lot of shenanigans uh, back in those <laughs> yep, days. Good times. Uh, good times. And then when we decided to have a serious life conversation and not just like shenanigans, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it was basically asking me a lot of questions about tech, you know, and the industry and, you know, the future of it. And I, and I remember there was like this sparkle in his eye, like, you know, I think this is kind of what I want to go, but I have to figure out how. Um <laughs> Which led to, I think you did a master's, right? In data science or, yeah. or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Actually, this has been, you know, chimdi. Like, you actually said something that kind of hit a nerve with me because um, I've actually changed my career, like, three times in the last, like, three years. Um, so, like, you know, the whole changing career thing is definitely doable. It's crazy. 
like mm-hmm. it's not easy but it's definitely doable um yeah like basically do do you remember it was one of those pool parties that we had or mm-hmm. I, maybe it was just one of one of those chilling days and i basically had okay so i took a one-year project management program before i did my pmp um exam um it's not required but i decided to do that because i wanted to like be re- really good at this stuff but anyways um do you remember there was a we're having a party at your house and i had an exam and an, an assignment due that day yes and literally like i had to like leave people like people were partying like you know like i think there was a barbecue and like people were swimming and stuff and i had to go upstairs to there finish was, my assignment <laughs> there was a specific girl that we invited that day just for you and you had to run away i remember that <laughs> <laughs> remember that wow. yeah yeah so anyways um yeah so basically what uh happened was um so after i finally got a pm certification um i was like okay i want to do this pm stuff in tech right so and then i was like well i want to be a kind of pm that like has tech skills too i don't want to be leading teams of developers and stuff that and not even understand what they're doing Right. So yeah. I decided to go the long way route, the long route. There's multiple ways you can do it. But I actually went the long route. Um, I decided that, OK, well, first of all, I don't want to start from the bottom because I was already I was already a PM. So in 2018 was when I had my first career ch- sort of career change. So I went from process engineering to project management. And then also in 2018, um, I decided to do a master's degree in data analytics, um, basically the main goal base being to have some kind of tech skills. So I did a mm-hmm. master's degree in data analytics. Um, and basically through that program, I got um, a job at CD Bank as a data science, um, data scientist. Um, so I actually worked at CD Bank as a data scientist for like a year and a half before, before you know, while I worked at, um, while I completed my master's degree plus working as a data scientist, you know, that was when I basically like focused on the tech side of things, right? So I went from leading teams to like building up my um, tech skills, right? So like I learned about machine learning and, you know, the usual stuff that data scientists do, but I also try to focus a lot of my skills on software development because I knew that's where I wanted to get to, right? So mm-hmm. I was I always came up with excuses to like use, you know, data science, but like, okay, what, what if I made like, made this um, model or whatever it is I was doing into a product, right? So that mm-hmm. required like building some kind of website or like web application or, or so, something like that. So mm-hmm. that was basically how I got like into software development. And then it's funny. So this is kind of a life lesson for people listening. The first time I applied to Microsoft was like January 2020. And mm-hmm. I didn't have, I, I, I didn't get it. Like, I basically got destroyed in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it, was, it was pretty crazy. Um, anyways, no, no, no surprise. It was, gen- it's, I think I applied in January and the interview was in February. Didn't make the cut. So I was like, okay, I guess it's back to the drawing board. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but I, I think I had some better ideas of like what I needed to focus on, right? So um, over the next few months, I continued like building up my tech skills, but also learning more about product management, like software product management, which is the position I was applying to. Um, and then finally, December 2020 was when I got the job. So let me ask this. Was what was what 
do you think detracted you in the first interview? Was it the technical side of it? Were there technical things you had to do that you just didn't know well enough at that point? Or what was what was it? I'm just trying to figure out what was what uh, was it about? I mean, because I'm guessing there's more technical part to these interviews than a regular, for instance, financial services. Most of my interviews that I ever went to are more personality based than technical because right. they, you know, I don't know, maybe they just assume that I knew the technical stuff and didn't really bother with that part at that point. But I, I've heard and I think that more tech positions are um, are um, actual uh, technical heavy. So I, I don't know. I'm just curious what, what made you, what, what was it that you didn't do well that, you know, you knew you had to focus on? Um, I think it was uh, it was it was definitely more on the technical side. Um, there were some technical questions that I wasn't able to answer properly, um, but also um, I think I think it was a little bit more on the product management side as well because I had no I didn't have a lot of like product management experience like experience. software stuff, so um, that didn't help. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was more on the technical side that um, I, I missed out on. Like they asked me, I mean, I, yeah, they asked me some questions that I literally just could not answer, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But again, like it all depends on the role, right? Like some PM roles are more technical than others. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah, a, I think an important lesson is like one of the reasons and what like we started Black Men's, which we talked about, is actually like IO's story, like kind of foreshadowed it to me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. one of the things that i've always said and i've always seen is that you know white people can't be the only people that are taking advantage of the tech ecosystem right like you're seeing indians do it obviously you're seeing um south uh, sorry east asians do it so the chinese the koreans japanese all them do it and it's like why aren't Mm -hmm. we doing it and i think i and i had a conversation about that early on in terms of how much wealth you can amass like individually, yep. but also as a community. Um, and seeing IO transition from, you know, the hardcore manufacturing side to data analytics to technical product management for cloud, those are different things. Because I think <laughs> people are going to think that like, you know, oh, because you're in tech, like product management for cloud you, it must be easy to go from data analytics oh. to that. It's, it's actually not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a different industry connected, but it's a different industry altogether. So what IO has actually shown is what we try and can tell our kids all the time, which is, hey, it's, it's never too late to learn a new skill. But at the exactly. same time, open your mind to the possibilities and, and you'll be able to find yourself in different places that could benefit you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I would actually say that Toby, um, Bernie was completely like spot on in everything that he said, because, you know, I spent like two and a half years basically building my data analytics skills. Mm-hmm. Um, the first um, interview that I had was actually more data analytics than cloud. It was actually um, a data analytics um, pro- product manager for cloud, basically helping them decide um, on capacity planning, right? So making sure that they have the right capacity for customers who need the cloud. Because obviously when you go on the cloud and you, you try to spin up a virtual machine, they want to make sure that they have, you know, compute available for that. 
So it was more capacity planning, which I had done in manufacturing because <laughs> my job at Magna was actually making sure that we had enough materials in the plant and getting it at the right time and not having too many, again, lean. That was literally the definition of my job, right? So capacity planning was my job in manufacturing. And then I did this analytic stuff and I still didn't get the job, which was like shocking because I'm like, yo, I was made for this job. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was made for this job, but unfortunately, like it didn't quite work out. Um, but then this, my current role is cloud. Like, it's like crazy cloud. Like, like think about Kubernetes. Like, it's so different from data science. Uh, literally just Friday, like yesterday, I actually had a conversation with one, one of my coworkers and I was like, yo, man, like when I was a data scientist, I thought like machine learning was like cutting edge and like changing very quickly and blah, blah, blah. That was before I got to cloud native. Yo, cloud mm-hmm. native is a different game, man. <laughs> it's a different game. But like believing in yourself, like I believe in myself, I was like, okay, you know what? I've done analytics. Like, I've done data science. I can do this cloud thing too. Like why not? Right? I just put my head down you know, studied, you know, crazy amounts of like time, sacrifices and all that kind of stuff. Um, I had to have a lot of self-discipline, like crazy amount of self-discipline. You wouldn't believe it, Um, but it's doable. Like if I could do it, I think like, you know, everyone else can do it. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the right message. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I, I have a basic understanding of, what you two have been talking about or what you, you know, what you guys do. I'll be honest, I'm more clueless than I do have an understanding of, but I'm smart enough to know certain basic things. But, you know, I guess it it translates to most industries regardless. So even if it's not tech, financial services or whatever, it's the same thing, you know, just if you know that's what you want to do and you have uh, foresight as to how to get there, and even if you don't, you know, reach out to the right people and you, you, <clears throat> you always, you know, there will be people that will give you guidance. It may come uh, hard or whatever, but, you know, you should always try if that's what you want to do. So I, I, that's definitely the right message you, you, you want to send them, you know, it's glad, I'm glad to see it worked for somebody. You know what that reminds me of? Yeah. We had a conversation, Chindi, a while back. I won't go into mm-hmm. too many details. But about a certain company that was sort of chatting with you. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that we've told our kids, and, and Io is one of the co-founders of Black Men's along with myself. Yeah. Um, and he's worked with some kids to help them learn how to become developers as well as and literally putting them to work on our application. Um, which has helped them grow. And it's also helped him grow because, you know, flexing his product management skills. That was even how we started it, like, really. Like flexing yeah. product management skills with these kids and help developing our app. And the main thing that those kids have learned through that, through Black Mint in general, is that A, you can learn this stuff if you put your mind to it without even a degree, which is, you can go that route if you want, which IO did and I did. But, um, mm-hmm. Now a lot of companies are dropping that requirement. They want to see a portfolio um, of work that you've put in. But the second thing is you don't necessarily need to be a developer or a product manager or a consultant to work in tech. It's really what we're trying to tell these kids and tell people in general is if you want to look at industries that are robust, right, and that are uh, recession-proof, quote-unquote, 
you know, because mm-hmm. the internet bubble burst in the 90s, but that's not happening anymore. Then tech companies are pretty much the way to go. So you can be a fr- mm-hmm. like like a controller at a financial at mm-hmm. a at a tech company, yep. and you're mm-hmm. most likely going to make a lot of money, especially in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can be, you know, a marketer at a data analytics SaaS company, and you're going to make a lot of money, and those companies are going to be more robust. And in fact, since the pandemic, those companies are the ones that made the most money and lifted the U.S. stock yeah. market, right? So we're trying to tell mm-hmm. our kids and, and sort of look at Iowa as a template, for example, of someone that saw the writing on the wall and saw what the future had, had to hold and put his eggs in that basket. And that's what other communities are doing. That's what Indians are doing. That's what Asians are doing. You know, we need to start thinking and mobilizing as a unit. And of course, everyone needs to do what makes them feel comfortable. We're not trying to pressure yeah. people at all. But look at the writing on the wall. Look where look where things are going and move as a community towards that because that's how you build your community upwards. If if you guys if you guys haven't done already, if you guys have someone that you know on the other side of tech, like you said, the financials side of it or or whatever, something other than tech, tech tech or whatever data I, I suggest bringing that person on just so people can like actually see and hear from this person. Yeah. Um, right, because, like you said, it is it is possible to get into these places. But someone like me, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know where to begin to try to dive into the tech industry. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously there's obviously ways I can do it. I, in, in fact, I've interviewed and talked to people about different positions. In different startups and stuff, but just in general, it's it's not that easy to find. You you can you can Google anywhere and just see positions for all other tech type um, um, roles. But you know, the back office type roles in these places uh, is 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 also important. So I think um, you know if you if you guys are able to to expose your kids to that kind of stuff also I, I think it might be beneficial because it's not just people sitting around dealing with data and, and coding and whatever and coding. you know yeah i stuff. think uh <laughs> yeah i think the the, the rise star program had some non-tech people uh, topics right bernie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep we um yeah. we have uh we just did a marketing workshop um and our director of marketing siobhan mondesire who was amazing led that and a lot of the kids were like shoot do this like (laughs) like really like this because when she went through it you know how you use social media how you market all this type of stuff they're just like hmm okay and uh i've got a one of the girls who joined us is um she's interested in the law like legal and Legal, and yeah. we she was in her interview process. We're talking about it, like interview for the program. We talked about it, and she was like, you know, this is what I'm interested in. How does tech apply that? And I was like, you ever heard of um, you know, I, I've seen that ad for like I think it's called Zoom Legal or something like that. Like it's this yep. like legal software that's legal basically Zoom. online. Uh, that's what it's called. I was like, that was started by a lawyer, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of these things are started by people that don't have any tech skills at all mm-hmm. <laughs> right they just have they see a problem and they tech is the solution and that's what we're trying to tell these kids is that actually what we're trying to help you understand is a there are different industries that you can join 
right? But B, if there's a problem in this world, there's probably a company that's working on a solution. Start doing the research to understand what that is. You know, we got yeah. a kid who's interested in in uh, medical sciences. Like, do you know how many health tech startups there are, really, mm-hmm. that are solving things like using machine learning to, so, to, to find a cure for cancer and stuff like that? Like, mm-hmm. when you start to say those, that's the kids, they go, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really the interesting part for me. We even have a drone workshop from a woman who never gone to drones in her life and she started to start up to teach people how to use drones and they're working on a project that's helping them understand how to do traffic management for drones because guess what guys if you ever watch the jetsons as a kid that stuff is coming right and we're gonna need mm-hmm. to manage traffic. definitely so definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think i think that's 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 good and that's the way it should go in terms of exposing these kids to to that kind of stuff because yeah you're right the applications are endless and someone's always trying to come up with a solution for something a problem that exists today so you know that that's key. Right. Uh, um um i mean i don't know if it's a good time to actually just talk about black mint and just what it yeah. is what it represents spend a few Absolutely. minutes just educating everyone since we have the two found two of the founders over here um you might as well just let people know exactly what it's about you know and um yeah it, it'll be good i think this is a, uh, an episode that we've actually wanted been wanting to do or should have done a long time ago but um but yeah uh go ahead you guys can take it off however you want to let me let me talk yeah, about the and- background and the io you can talk about the platform sure yeah. uh <clears throat> yes yeah, so i think we mentioned this a little bit um when george floyd died Ayo and I and Toby had a conversation because all of our, we were like, does your company ask you about this? <laughs> and everyone's company was like, yo, are you guys okay? How can we help you? Which was both empathetic and weird at the exact same time. Um, yep. But they all had the same things about how they can be more inclusive and, and wanted our opinions, which is great and all, but you know, he's, he was working at TD at the time. I was working at IBM. These are large institutions, and they move slowly. So we just kind of said, we can make a change, and we can make a difference, right? And we kind of said, what's the one thing that everyone needs? And we kind of felt it was mentorship, right? Like, I, that, that was how that conversation went, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, so we're like, okay, yeah. well, we want to do something. We want to get into mentorship. Yeah, go ahead. But we had no idea how. <laughs> it was just, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, let's just do this shit. And uh, we learned a lot of things along the way. A lot of, I think, personally, I think we learned a lot of things that we won't do ever again, um, which is yeah. very important lesson um, to learn in life, I think. Um, but one, the, one of the things that we, I think is, and this is why I've, I appreciate what Ios brought to this, that I think we've learned and we want to hold on to is um, a, a software platform that, that he and, his, and the team have created, which I think is going to be really, really valuable. And we're hoping to launch it soon. So Ayo, why don't you talk about, about the platform a little bit? Yeah. So let me uh, just start with how it all started. So I think it was actually our first meeting. So basically Toby, Bernie and I, and basically started um, Black Mint. And then we're like, how are we going to do this, right? So we no one to do mentorship. So we actually talked to our friends and quite a few people joined us right at the very beginning. 
Um, so we were like, okay, well, we're going to have this mentorship platform, blah, 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 blah. And then during our first meeting, um, we had a teacher on the call, actually. And he was like, oh, you know what? Like, mentorship is great, but, like, it might actually be too early for some middle school students, like the, the, the younger ones. So what if you guys had a middle school program? So we decided to have two programs, high school program and middle school program. And then I was like, okay, who wants to take care of the middle school program? And I basically raised up my hand. So that, okay, I'm going to take care of the middle school program. Um, but one thing I want to mention, um, and one of the reasons why I think um, tech is so valuable is the scale, right? The amount of scale you can get with tech is crazy, right? I mean, think about building a car. You need all the parts, right? You need to you, know, you need to have all the different components to build a car. But with software, if you write software, you can replicate it around the world, right? Like you can reach so many people with software that you cannot never reach with like physical items. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, what if instead of having a middle school program, you know, we uh, we do something that can scale, something that isn't limited by the amount of mentors we can get, right? So if we if we have a thousand mentors, we can only mentor a thousand students or two thousand students, right? But if we have a platform, anyone around the world, we can have we can help you know hundreds of thousands of people. So that's basically where the idea of having a web platform instead. So that's how um, you know um, decided to go from middle school program to actually building a platform. So the next question was, okay, so we want to have a platform. What's going to be on the platform? And what are we going to call it? And one of our members, actually, um, uh, Sharika, um, we were actually talking. So she she basically joined me to be to develop the middle school program. And then there were other people in Black Mint and developing the other parts of the program. And um, basically, we were brainstorming, okay, so what's going to be on this platform? Okay, well, what if we had, like, um, you know, different careers? You know, they can learn about different careers. They can learn about, you know, maybe... Uh, different degrees, like how to get into university. Um, and then, oh, what if we can also have inspiring stories, right? Like let them see that it's not only, you know, other races that are doing this stuff. We actually have black people doing tech, right? So that was kind of how like the whole idea came um, came about. And then she actually came up with the name. She, um, she was like, oh, what if we call the Rising Star program? because um, we were actually both part of another mentorship program. And um, I think that program was actually called, um, one, of, one of the programs that organization actually um, t- uh, takes care of is called the Rising Star, Rising Stars, basically. They call um, the mentees Rising Stars. So we're like, oh, why, what if we just call, we call it the Rising Star platform? So that was actually how the name came up. So anyways, um, at the time, I think this was around uh, August, 20 2020. To 2020 yeah so this is around august 2020 i was basically okay i was basically ready to jump back into interviewing for pm positions and um i was like okay well what if i t- um one of my friends his name is shit for me he actually started this organization that basically um teaches you how to be a pm right so like i was like, you know what, like this guy's he's he's been a PM for for a few years now. Maybe I can actually learn from this guy. Maybe I can get, you know, learn the skills that I was probably missing um, that prevented me from getting the job the first time. So I actually paid bar <laughs> like money <laughs> to take this guy's course. I think it was like like a thousand US dollars or something crazy like that. I'm like, you know what? Like it's worth it, you know, like if if it works out, then it works out, right? So um, you know, 
paid it, you know, got through the program, you know, I got some practical experience. Um, one of the goal of that program was you had to build a product by the end of that program. So they basically connect you with like a developer and, and the designer. And basically you have to build a product in like four weeks or six weeks or something crazy like that. So like, okay, well, I have to build a Rhinestar platform. I need to build a product. Okay, well, what if the product is the Rhinestar platform? So I got assigned a developer and, and a designer. And basically we came, you know, we just started flushing out the, the stuff, you know, went through the whole PM process, you know, basically understanding what the needs are, what the problems we're trying to solve is. And then we did some user research and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, within four weeks, we had a prototype. And we wanted to make sure we had some content in the prototype, right? So we basically had the website running, but we didn't have much content. So Sharika and I basically shot our first episode of the Rising Star podcast and uh, we put it on the platform. And then we put like, you know, I think it was like maybe four different career careers in there. And then we basically, oh, the other thing we wanted to do was to show, showcase, you know, black tech professionals, Hopefully, mm -hmm. students get inspired by the stories. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, um, within four weeks, we basically had a working application, and we didn't let anyone know that we already had the first episode of the podcast already in the in the application. So, on demo day, we actually presented to a panel of judges and like, oh, this is really nice. You know, it looks cool. Really, really like a process. And then we show them the first episode of the podcast. We're like, oh, wow. Okay, you guys win, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so that gave us some credibility. You know, through that, I was able to recruit, like, another designer um, from um, Shifumi's course. And then I was able to, like, get more people, developers. And then over the, over the last, you know, year and a half, pretty much, we've been building out this platform. It's been live for, like, you know, over a year now. We have the Black Queen students already on the platform, you know, giving feedback, you know, we've been iterating and trying to make it better. And we're actually looking at launching it um, in a couple of weeks. I think most likely we're actually going to have a launch event on the 26th of this month. Um, so look out for that. Um, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but um, we have some really exciting stuff around, like trying to launch this thing officially and start like marketing it. But yeah, Bernie, do you want to talk a little bit more about like the, the program and the impact we've had so far? Yeah, I think um, since last time I brought it up on, on the talk shop, so a lot of cool things have happened. We partnered with Athlete Technology Group and uh, Royal Bank of Canada to create a program called Rising Star Program, where we take 30 kids, um, put them through workshops, um, group projects. Um, and the whole thing is through the nine months, they go through it, do homework, project work, um, these workshops, hope, and they get mentors as well. And um, by the end of it, they get uh, scholarship money, depending on the quality of their performance in the program. Uh, meanwhile, every kid does get something monetarily, but, you know, you get more depending on how well you do. Um, <clears throat> so that's 30 kids that went... Uh, well, 28 kids, sorry, that went through uh, our program, which is going to end next month. And we're really proud of that. We've got really good feedback. And a lot of kids, their eyes have been open to not just tech, but, you know, mentors who sort of changed their lives. Um, but overall, we've probably put 60 kids through Black Mints as a whole. Um, companies are coming to us to give us internship, you know, programs for kids. Um, scholarship, we're writing ref letters of recommendation for kids to get like bigger scholarships at universities. Um, so it's definitely, ha oh, you know, schools are, are, are coming to us. We've 
donated laptops. There's lots of things that have been going on, and we're really proud of, of where we're at. And I think, you know, we're seeing lots of organizations come up that are now looking at um, how they can do similar things or how they can work with us to improve inclusion of black youth in the tech ecosystem. So um, we're proud of it. Um, but one of the lessons I've learned is that you ha always have to be changing, always have to be, you know, adapting, not just personally, but as organization. And I think we're going to put a lot more emphasis on the platform that IO and team built um, to touch more people, but also as a center of our operations, because at the end of the day, it's, it, you've got to be able to teach a, teach a man how to fish, right? And then you can, you know, make, you make, they can feed themselves for life as opposed to dragging people all the time, which is what we've been doing this first year. So um, we're going to be a lot more software-based and hands-on sort of uh, moving forward. But yeah, we're excited for what's been what's going to happen next. Nice, nice, nice. You see, that's that's what I wanted to to really get into because I mean, I, I'll just tell you personally when it comes to things like this, and I haven't gone that that way. And there's several things in my life that are that fall into this category in terms of how I feel about stuff. My always hesitation is how am I going to do it? Who am I going to do it with? And, you know, how do I make sure it works to some extent? So I started a networking group, uh, I think, I want to say two, three years ago before I left New York. And yeah, I remember you mentioned it on the podcast at some point. Right? Yeah, I, I did it. And honestly, like, I mean, I, it was like, you know, it was like, it was like, scratching a chalkboard with you know i couldn't get people to buy into it and i i thought networking was something that people at least in the financial world understood was important and you know wanted to learn about wanted to meet more people you know would participate but i was solely sorely disappointed where i was like okay you know what i can't de keep dedicating my time so much to this and no one's you know really buying into it Maybe I was doing it wrong. Maybe I had the wrong people with me. I was pretty much trying to do everything on my own. I didn't really have someone working with me or like a group, which maybe is where my one of my first mistakes is to try to bring people in rather than run everything on my own. But I just, you know, it's it's good to see that, you know, when you put your mind to it and you have a good group of people, things like this could work. Because honestly, you know, doing something like this for for you know my field or like financial like banking accounting finance you know would be cool but where do i you know where do i begin at least i know people that have done something similar for for tech but you know it's always it's always good to hear these these type of success stories because it's it at least lets you know that it can work but you know it also sounds i'll give also give you guys kudos it sounds like a lot of work on your own personal time that is not necessarily reaping anything at this point other than seeing people succeed uh, yeah. gradually. So yeah. um, kudos to you guys for that. Yeah, honestly, it's been great. And one thing I'd like to mention to people is, uh, you know, volunteering or like doing stuff for your community actually is really valuable. It feels really, really good. And being a part of something like this feels really good. But also, it could actually be rewarding because um, in my case, and also the case of the developers that work um, on Rising Star platform, basically all of them have gotten new jobs. Like all the developers, including me, 
that are work that are working on that platform, every single one of them has gotten a new job since this started. And I think you know, Black Me was definitely like the Rising Star was definitely a big part of part of you know the interview process. And I can actually talk personally about myself, right? So we started developing the Rising Star platform. I think it was October or something. So I basically started leading a team of developers in October or September or something. And my interview with Microsoft <laughs> was at the end of November. And do you want to know one of the things that really stood out on my resume <laughs> was being the product lead for Black Mint. They're like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So wait, you're a data scientist and you're also your product lead for Black Mint? Like, how does that work? You know, like the guy, you look at my resume, it's like, yo, this guy's awesome. I have to, I have to know what this guy is, <laughs> right? Like, I need to like talk to this guy because, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have uh, any cloud skills. No, well, no, I, I did have cloud skills, but I didn't have a lot of work experience, like actual work experience doing cloud stuff. And this is a technical cloud position, but because I had that kind of experience and I had the PM experience. Um, he was actually curious that I actually want to have a chat with this guy. I don't know if I, I can hire him. He doesn't have the skills, the ex- exact credentials I'm looking for, but I want to talk to this guy. And when I had, when I got to the interview, basically he was like, okay, so explain this uh, rising star thing. I don't understand. Like, how are you doing two jobs? And I basically told him the story. I told him, you know, how we wanted to help the black community. You know, um, my manager is actually white. So um, you know, we, they have, we have a lot of allies, you know, that actually really want, want to help us. But basically, I told him, I don't know, how we wanted to help the black community. I told him how, you know, how I studied, you know, went through that PM program, um, you know, how I how I um, lead a team of developers, like actual team of developers. And like, it's not like I build it myself, right? Because that's, that's for software engineering positions, right? For PM positions, you have to show leadership skills. Right, so I was able to show him that yo, I'm not paying these people, but these people are actually building this platform, and I was able to show him the actual website. He was actually able to see the work that I did, <laughs> right? So because I was able to show that I had the skills, that I'd done it, and he could actually see it physically himself, and he could see the fact that I'm willing to help people, right? Which is a, something that's really like um, Microsoft, you know, uh, our um, our what's it called again? Uh, vision basically is mm-hmm. uh, to empower every every person and every organization in the world to do more, right? And the culture really, really, it really does revolve around that. How do we empower other people, right? So the fact that I was doing this black mint work, trying to empower like people that are not paying me, <laughs> um, was a really big check check mark for me. And I think I don't think I would have this job right now if I didn't do black mint. Yeah, that's, I mean, honestly, a lot of these companies, especially multinationals, look very highly upon things of that nature. So I can um, I can imagine how it, it can be something on your resume that will stand out from most other people and hold you in good stead. So, and, and again, it shows that you can do at least some of the job that, you know, is being required of you in your yeah. position. So. You know that's 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 good, but yeah, I, I again, like I said, it's it's I'm I like hearing about your pro, your program and you know everything you guys are doing. You know, I, I'm still yet. I, Bernie has told me about a few seminars to attend, but I've, I just haven't. So I apologize for that. But uh, I really want to. 
again, like I said to you guys earlier, I'm I'm in the phase of my life, I think, where I'm going to use the next two, three years because my wife is in school right now. So I'm not trying to jump from my career at this point. But the next few years, I want to use it finding out what I want to do for the rest of my life. So by the time I'm, I'm 33 now, so I'm aiming for the, by the time I'm 36, 37, to have a clearer path as to what I really want to do and go for it. So even, and there's several things that I'm thinking about doing that I want to try my hand in. Um, some of them I can start now. Some I, I probably will have to wait for, but you know, I really, things like this inspire me and get me thinking about the possibilities of what I could do. So, um, so thank you. I, I really think what you guys are doing is pretty, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I, I honestly don't know if I have the dedication you guys have. I know the <laughs> long hours it takes, the extra personal <laughs> hours it takes to do things oh, yeah. like this. And people, crazy people like Bernie that has three podcasts plus that shit plus work. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't do it. But uh, yeah, but for real, for real, it's, it's it's good to see you guys doing that, and, and it's that is working. You know, it's actually a live working thing, and it's we have success stories, or at least you know things that you think are gonna pay fruit soon in terms of your your kids that you're working with. So that's pretty good. Yeah, Kudos yeah, to you guys. yeah. again. On, on on that note, man, I um we we've got to leave it there, but um gotta say, man. Anyway, I know I'm gonna see you soon. Um, we won't we won't we won't put it <laughs> we won't put your plans on 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 record so that you know you never know, you never know who's listening. But I know we'll I'll, I'll see you soon. But good luck out west. Um yeah you know, yeah. It's, 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 Seattle's a beautiful city. Uh. Yeah, good good luck with that. I know it takes its own personal toll, which we're not going to get into. <laughs> this is a strictly business conversation today. Uh, but, you know, good, good luck out there, man. And, and again, you have inspired people with your personal journey. And, uh, yeah. you know, this. I think we want to make sure that that message keeps getting across as many people as we can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Kudos to you. Kudos to you, Ayo, and you, you, Bernie. And obviously, you guys are inspirational in what you're doing. So keep keep doing it. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Nice. Yeah. And good luck honestly, in Seattle for real. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Honestly, for for having me. Like, I just want to leave with one last thing. Um, you should always find ways to improve yourself, right? You should always find ways to build yourself like just like Chimzy is saying right like he's looking at the next evolution of his career there's always opportunities for for growth so i hope everyone listening you know you get you got inspired um you, you can you're able to you know like grow yourself and get to the next level it's doable i've done it you can do it too but yeah thanks th- thanks for having me guys I know. thanks man Welcome, for joining man. us appreciate it bro we'll have you again on soon yeah sounds good see ya definitely Bye. peace Peace. Thanks for listening to the Talk Shop with Bernie and Chimdi. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You want to talk to us? Find Bernie at BUT21 on Twitter and Chimdi at Comms88. Take care.